Morning, everyone. Tuesday, February 6th, the Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab. A very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening. We've got the third one-day international today in Canberra. But uh, for those who just heard the weather report, doesn't seem too great. Uh, hopefully it can hold off so we can get a match and a result there. Uh, we'll continue our previews heading towards 2024 today. We're going to look at the Gold Coast Titans and certainly some expectation there with Des Hasler coming on board at the club. And you talk about expectation uh, for the Carline Cup at Caulfield this weekend. Just had a quick look at the all-in market. Foxy Cleopatra, the $4.50 joint favourite. We tab in that all-in market. Loz, morning to you, mate. How are you? Yep, morning, boys. Uh, $4.50 equal favourite. Wow. That surprises me. I wouldn't be jumping in. I know she ran well first up, but uh, back in... When was that? November. November. Melbourne Cup Day. Um, but 1,600, still a little bit short for her. Her sweet spot would be around the 2,000, 2,400, something like that. But, um, yeah, no, just good to see her back at the track, you know. That's and hopefully she'll run well first up. But I couldn't toss you in as a favourite. Okay, there you go. He's put it out there. Loz says keep your powder dry. Mm. Okay. We've got to see how she draws. Oh, I, I think she'll run we well. We might be seduced by the way she ran first yeah. up in Melbourne, though, where well, she flashed home at, well, what, 40 she, well, to 1? Well, she did. That was at Flemington. Um, mm. But this is at Caulfield on Saturday. But, oh, I, uh, yeah, she trialled really well. Um, but I just think that going into this race, coming off the back of her last performance as favourite, um, we're probably expecting a bit too much. But, anyway, she'll run well. I've got no doubt about that, but... To win four dollar fifty favorite, uh, that doesn't that doesn't sit well with me. We got the first group one there of the calendar year with the CF4 and uh, Mr. Brightside's a dollar ninety. The English Millennium in Sydney and fully lit is the three dollar favorite there with Tab Pup. Bit more cricket on today. Series over. Well, hopefully we get some cricket because uh, what you said just as you walked in before outside at the moment here mm. in Sydney town. Up on the northern beaches, throwing it down. Yeah, morning, How are you, boys. Mate? Yeah, a little bit wet out there. Uh, good for the gardens, though. Meadow, can't complain. It's been stinking hot. So, yeah, I don't mind this cooler weather, but, yeah, not great for cricket. But I think I think they've said rain this morning, certainly here in, mm. in Sydney. So it might clear up down in Canberra. Um, yeah, I, I think the Aussies obviously want another win. Um, and for the guys that, that haven't played much for Australia... Um, it's another great opportunity for them to really score some runs, take some wickets, and you know put their name up in lights. And the West Indies would a little bit like the Test series. I'd love to get a win. He, um, he won that last Test match. I'd love to win this last one day before the T20s. But yeah, both teams um, they'll find something to play for. That's for sure. The series is over. But another game for your country. Nothing wrong with that. I watched. Um, I watched the last day of the the Test match, England v India yesterday. India too good. Um, yeah, England were, were on track. There was a couple of decisions that were questionable. Did or... you see the ball from Boomer? Which one? I saw a lot of balls. The from one Boomer. that was a Yorker that got Ollie Pope in the first innings. Yes, absolute Jaffa. Yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, an yeah, absolute beauty. Yeah, he knocked over stumps galore. Mate, Cracker. it was just one of the best balls I've seen. 145Ks, yep. ripped his pegs out. And he was coming off a, a big 100 mm. as well. So, yeah, he's um, – Boomer is a genius. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, 
Rohit Sharma took a hell of a catch as well. I fully poked in the second innings in slip. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, again, turning out to be an awesome series, one or now. Uh, where's the where's the third test, you know, do you know? Because I think they're only playing... I've I got a feeling they're only playing in two venues. Because I know there's no game in surely, Mumbai. I'll be able to tell you um, shortly. They're playing in Rajkot yeah. on the 15th of February. Then in Ranchi and Durham Salah. Okay, so, no, so all, no, all different All, all different venues, yeah. just not playing in the main ones. No Mumbai, no Delhi. Interesting. Um, well, they, they have deals. The BCCI has deals with all the, the, the state associations, I think, that they have to honour. So they have to play um, a certain amount of test matches there per yeah. year. Yeah, okay. Um, so I don't know what the wicket's going to be for that third test, but one or uh, it's been a good series so far. That cricket's been great. Uh, England, again, played with that aggressive approach, that basball approach, but fell short. I, I like the aggressive approach. I can understand it, trying to move the game forward and put pressure back on the bowlers, but I've got to say, Joe Root's shot, for example, you just don't see him play a shot like that in <laughs> test cricket. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think there's... Just the balance, the balance of that shot selection is is so important in in conditions like that where the ball is spinning and there is enough variation. Um, Jack Crawley was awesome. He, he well, see that's an example where he played quite positive and aggressive, but he played smart cricket shots. Hit the ball. I reckon they're building nicely. I reckon they're building nicely. They'll be hard to beat when they come out here next time. Well, well two ninety two yeah. in the fourth innings. That is the second highest score. By a touring test side in India in the fourth innings. Uh, the highest was five for 299, Sri Lanka in Delhi in 2017. And that, they were chasing more than 400 for victory, and that ended in a draw. So uh, they, they were certainly very positive. For Ashwin finishes on 499 test wickets. He's got one to go for 500. He'll play his 98th test, assuming he plays, of course, in the third test. And a bit of argy-bargy. Johnny Bairstow, our man... Uh, gave it to Ashman, Ashwin when he was uh, dismissed. I think Ashwin might have given him a bit of lip in the celebration, and Besto didn't like it. Gave it to him as he well, he had ended up going upstairs and he was given out. But uh, Besto never, never far away from from the action. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, so plenty of rugby league news around. We'll get to the headlines, of course, shortly. But uh, big news at the Broncos loss. Esma Ramam all but locked up. The Courier-Mail saying that he has agreed to terms, keeping him at the club until at least 2028. Uh, they're talking $3 million dollar plus deal. But uh, some of these Broncos, they're going to be leaving some money on the table, Ezra Man being one of them to stay. So that that's good to see because the, it's all but certain he could have commanded more money elsewhere, particularly at the moment. You talk about his... You know, potential to strike while the iron's hot coming off that grand final performance. Well, you could argue he was the best player on the field in the grand final. Um, he was sensational. Three tries, was electric every time he touched the ball. He's only 21 years of age. And they've got some of the best young talent in the game, all worth a million bucks. You pay Reese Walsh a million bucks every day of the week. Uh, if he obviously hasn't really tested himself on the market, Ezra Man, because he wants to stay. But I'm sure someone will be prepared to pay him a million dollars a year, paying Haas a million dollars a year. Um, you know, and they've already had to release a couple of players in Farmworth and Tom Flegler. Uh, the Broncos have got some of the best young talent in the game. Selwyn Cobbo's another one. Um, is a is a wonderful player, and he's going to be moved from the centres to the wing. They've got speed. Um, a lot of people keep asking me about the Broncos, how they'll go this year. Oh, you would say they're going to go, they have to go 
as well as, as last year. I know they've lost Flegler, and I know they've lost um, uh, uh, Farnworth, Farnworth yeah. out there in the centres, but I still think that they'll be good enough to challenge for the title this year because just natural improvement of some of these young guys. You know, their forward pack is still going to be strong, but the natural improvement you'll get, well, we expect to get from Ezra Mead at Reese Walsh, just two of those guys in particular. Yeah, they're ceiling. We don't know what it is yet. And they are capable of producing anything. Um, I suppose it'll be the scars of the grand final that we're worried mm. about. But I think young guys today, I think they move on pretty quickly. And because they're just starting their NRL careers, I think they expect to play in another grand final. Now, it may not work out like that, but I think their self-belief and confidence is that they'll get there again. The big one will be Adam Reynolds, how he's adjusted and how he's coped with that pressure and um, you know, the disappointment of making those decisions in the grand final where people were critical. I wasn't as critical as some others because I think he had a fantastic year, Adam. But I think if he's right mentally and has overcome the scars of that grand final, I think he can lead the Broncos uh, to another final series and take them deep into a final series and possibly challenge for the grand final. And we're just speaking about the back page of the Courier-Mail. Pay the ma'am. Ezra agrees to new $3 million Broncos deal. Loss, how does he play Origin this year? Does it, is it simply the case of Munster needs to regress badly in that first third of the season? I think, well, a couple of, reasons, a couple of things need to happen for him. I think Munster needs to either go backwards in form or is injured. Um, then the other one is, what do they do with Kalen Ponga? Because Kalen can play 6-2 at a pinch. But I think the next man up possibly could be, possibly could be Ezra, but you've got Tom Dearden as well. And Tom Dearden starred when he got an opportunity a couple of years ago when Munster got ruled out with COVID. So they've got plenty of options there in the halves, um, and that's thinking that Ben Hunt is going to stay a part of that team, either as hooker or coming off the interchange bench with with Harry Grant, sharing that role through the middle. But Ezra Mann's just got to continue to play the way he did at the back end of the season, and he'll put pressure on. There's no doubt that Munster slipped with his form last year. Uh, I read an article where Munster said that he didn't play as well uh, last year and he feels fitter and stronger, as you would expect, uh, coming into this off-season. It's a big year for him uh, because the expectation on Munster was huge and massive given that he's been a big player for a number of years and I didn't think he had his best year and I think that contributed to, to, to Melbourne as well, uh, not being at their best. Although I don't think you put it all down to Munster because I think their forwards just got smashed when they came up against the big teams and it's hard to play behind a forward pack that's getting belted. But um, Ezra Mann, there's no doubt that he'll put pressure on, but I think if Munster starts the year off well, I think he's the, the number six for Queensland. Gosh, when you look at their conundrum when you've got guys like Ezra Mam and Caelan Ponga, as it stands right now, on the fringe, just highlights why. And Tom Dearden. And Tom Dearden. Highlights with that sort of talent. And I know they're rep sites, mm. so you've always got talent. Yeah, and you're always going to have injuries too. True. But again, highlights from a New South Wales perspective, how disappointing 
to lose those last two series because now you look at it, look, look at the talent they've got. All of a sudden, you, I mean, you experienced it firsthand, Loz, when you're in the coaching box. They're building Queensland again to have some serious, serious talent. Yeah, they are. But I, th- I think we're quick to forget, too, some of the talent we were missing last year, New South Wales. I mean, you put Nathan Cleary back into a team and that changes the dynamic straight away. We saw what he did in that you know, final 20 minutes of the grand final. Not many players do that. Um, so, and I think for Nathan, that's a driving factor for him this season too, is to get back origin, not so much dominate, but lead New South Wales to a, to a series victory. Uh, and coming off back-to-back losses, I think this will be a tremendous series in itself because if we get both teams with their best players available, we'll see one heck of a series. Mm. One heck of a series. And that's the exciting thing about Origin. And even if a couple of players are missing, doesn't mean it's not going to be the same, but you'd just like to see the big-name players there for New South Wales. You want to see Luttrell. You want to see Tom. You want to see Nathan Cleary, the New South Wales side. And you want to see all those players available for Queensland. Because then I think we just sit back and admire and watch and clap and see who the best state is. Just can't fit them in. Like you, can't, you can't fit... Esmer Man, Ponga, and Reese Walsh. Gosh, they've got to get Ponga in there. Like, Mun, Mun, you, mm. Mun, you're 100%. Munster's, Munster's a no-brainer. He's been a genius mm. at origin level. Like, he, he would have to have... He'd he would have, have to, have to have play his entire right. series. Yeah. Even if he had a stinker in game one, they'd still pick him. Yeah. He's earned that right. Yeah. So he would have to have a horrible series. Yeah. He'd have to start the year very, very oh, poorly man. for Melbourne and come into My that God. series with... No form yeah. at all yeah. behind him, and these other blokes just yeah. just flying. Yeah, for and months. That's, to, but to that's be what you talk about with selection, isn't it, Loz? That mm. it's a good problem to have for Queensland oh. that they got a lot of superstars. I wonder if they will. Like I think New South Wales over the years has had a th- well, you know better than anyone, but has had a bit of a theory. You pick your best players, so even if you're they're playing six at. Uh, in the NRL or uh, fullback in the NRL, you'll pick him on the wing or in the centres? I, I, I think that could happen this year for Queensland. Do you reckon Queensland will just to get these talented well, superstars? Well, I, I think, in? just looking at it, I, I think, yeah, you poss- if Ponger and Walsh start the year, the way they finish... You've got to get them in. I think you've got to get them in. And I think you, what you do, you pick one on the wing, so Walsh on the wing, Ponger, and you interchange them. You just let them play. And you, and you, and you give them that roving... Role. So you play Walsh, defend him on the wing, but when you've got the ball, you know what? You just come in and play like you normally do at the Broncos, you and Kalen. That gives him a dual threat, and that would be difficult to stop. If I'm just thinking of it now, mm. you just go Walsh in the middle, tied forwards. You've got Ponga on one side. You've got a mark up on him. Mm. You've got Munster, um, Cherry Evans. Ben Hunt. You, you know, you've got some options. If you're a defending side, you're going, wow, where are they going to go? That's and, and, and that'd be a challenge. Attacking weapons, isn't it? Yeah. Like, they got Coates. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hemiso. Like Selwyn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously. It's good. Um, but yeah. you go a fully fit New South Wales team. And I know even saying that out loud, you're you never fully fit. First origin, yeah. someone's always injured. Yeah, that's happened. Like for New South Wales, particularly, think about it. Well, Latrell hasn't played. Has he played three origins ever? Yeah, I think he did that year that they blew Queensland to 
part. Played all three. All three. That was the COVID-affected origin. Yeah, okay. But it? we that, looking at that Queensland team now. We need New South Wales needs a fully fit team. Yeah. Oh, well, I think I think the series if you get it's going to be a the best of both yeah. states available, you're in for one hell of a series. Yeah, can't wait. Latrell's played seven origins. He's yeah. played all three in 2021, hasn't yeah, played okay. since. Yeah. yeah, okay. Was that when they dominated? Yeah, that yeah. was when, yeah, 50 to 6 and 26 and nil. Yeah. The first two games and then game yeah, well, three. We need him yeah. and Tommy. Yeah. We lost. And Teddy playing good footy. Yeah. I think Teddy's in for a big year, to be perfectly honest. Mm, yeah, I agree. I, I, agree. I think I, th- I think the criticism that he received, he's had time to go away, think about his game, get his body in the right possible shape. But I reckon he'll have an enormous year for the Roosters. Back page of the Telegraph today in New South Wales and Sydney and uh, off the back of uh, all the uh, the goodwill, I guess, after Peter Valandy's comments that, you know, I'd love to get the Bears back somehow in the NRL. The bare necessities out of hibernation is the headline on the back page and just uh, talking about here to Dean Bulldog Richie, our man Daniel Dixon, the chairman of the club there at the Bears, saying, you know, there is some non-negotiables if they were to be back in the NRL. Uh, that they you know, want to keep the colours and logo. They can't be tampered with. And just to play two to four games a year at North Sydney Oval. And, and Dixon is realistic on it not being a North Sydney-centric team. And Orbit confirmed as well, interestingly here enough, that you know they wouldn't merge with the P&G bid, that sort of a standalone bid. So if that is the 18th yeah. team, as you know, Peter Volandi said, it is the favourite as it stands at the moment. Uh, the Bears would have to look towards a 19th or 20th team, which, mm. you know, Volandis has indicated that so he would like to see got a nice 20. ring to it, hasn't it, the Perth Bears? I can cop that. As an old Bears fan, I can see how that yeah. would work. And, and even, um, you know, have a couple of games where they, they bring it here to North Sydney Oval and perhaps a Sydney team plays a game. Like if you, you play Manly, for instance, you know, you could play that Manly game at North Sydney Oval. South Sydney, you could play them mm. at North Sydney Oval. You know, a couple of those games you could host. Um, but obviously Perth might want to go standalone or they might want to take the history and tradition of the Bears and the colours on. But I think the Bears are starting to get momentum and it'd be great to see. A lot of people, because I live in that area, uh, a lot of people are ex-Bears supporters that still follow the game of rugby league, but they're not as passionate as they once were. 13.53.53 is the number. Now, just a headline I didn't get to in the New York Post. Uh, Taylor Swift doesn't thank Chiefs boyfriend Travis Kelsey in Grammy's 2024 win speeches. Trouble in paradise already. Oh, my God. Head of the Super Bowl. Next. I'm just going to go for the 49ers, I think, now, oh. Loz. You've got Patrick Mahomes' dad apparently done DUI. Oh, here we go. Yep. Tay Tay hasn't what's, thinked. What's best on Travis. ground? What's MVP for Super Bowl court? What's that award court? Yeah, MVP. MVP. Right, yeah. When he gets that, let's see if he thanks Swifty. When he's up on stage and receives MVP, let's, he won't see, get MVP. let's see if he thanks Tay Tay. I don't think he will either. Tay Tay's doing a thing, mate. She's at work. She doesn't need to worry about the Kelster. And when the Kelster goes to for another touchdown, he'll be concentrating on catching the ball, not worried about Tay Tay. Don't worry, mate. He's going to propose when they win the Super Bowl. Down on one knee. Don't, okay. don't try and look for... You're such a journalist. <laughs> look at you. Just throwing it out there. Just trying to find something. Just a little distraction for him. Just getting the reaction I want. 
The Kelster. Don't worry about it. He'll be switched on. Or you can get him $16 to win MVP in the Super Bowl. He can't win MVP. He's not quarterback. Uh, Mahomes, $2.35. Purdy, $3.00. McCaffrey, $5.00 in that market. Uh, Stacks of markets open for the game next Monday morning, including uh, in your novelty market. So Usher is doing the uh, halftime entertainment uh, for what his first song will be. Oof. He's had a few goodies, Usher, yeah. back in the day. Yeah is $2.50 and mm. favourite. OMG, $2.75. Normally My way, bring, bring someone with you on stage, like another performer, so no one knows who he's going to go for. So that was my question the other day. Do you reckon Tay-Tay might just get up and play one with him? Well, well, think you'll find she'll be tired, mate. Concert the night before She's in Tokyo. Tokyo isn't she? Yeah. Mm. You know, she might just want to sit and watch your boy score a few touchdowns. Well, there is Don't a mark. get in the way. It's uh, his day. Well, here you go. Here is a special guest performer. Mm. Uh, so Beyonce. Well, Alicia Keys, they're expecting, by the looks of this market, $1.35. Love it. Ludicrous, $1.60. Uh, so it sounds like there might be quite a few special guest performers, I think, by the looks of these prices anyway. Love it. Stacks of novelty markets for the Super Bowl. We'll have Dick Fane on tomorrow morning. Uh, just uh, some more headlines we didn't get to in the papers. Manu rules out cameo stint if he jumps codes on the back page of the Sydney Morning Herald. I saw this on Nine News last night. Joey Manu of the Roosters is off contract, of course, at the end of this season. And uh, he's told Nine Newspapers and Nine News, well, despite the Roosters being like home, he is tempted by the challenge of rugby and becoming an all-black. But indicated if he stays in league, it will be at the Roosters. And uh, I saw as well he's uh, hopeful of releasing an album. Fancies himself as a bit of a musician, Joey Marnie. There you go. I didn't know that. Uh, but I reckon the Roosters be doing all they can to convince him to stay. He's a wonderful player, Joey Marnie. Um And obviously, depending on where he wants to play, he'll be playing centres this year with the Roosters, with Teddy there at the fullback. Um, but, yeah, that's a interesting sign that he's speaking about the possibility of going to rugby union. If he goes, it's just not a short-term stint. It's long-term and he wants to play for the All Blacks. So I suppose that's the the dream that all young New Zealand boys have. You know, Mm. the iconic black jersey growing up in New Zealand, All Blacks, massive brand. They'd all love to be one of those at at some stage. So that's what they've got to try and guard against when they get them into into rugby league. But... um, I think the Roosters will be doing all they can to keep Joey Manu. I, I, th- I think I think he's such a wonderful player. They've got to get more out of him as a centre, though. They've got to work out a way to get him into the game. Sometimes out there, you're just using him as a you know a guy that carries the ball at the back end of the field. He's a lot better player than that. You know, you've got to get him situations where he can get one on one with his opponent and. He's devastating. Despite watching that interview last night, I think he might go to rugby. I won't be surprised if he does. Again, well, you mentioned the lure for a Kiwi for for an All Blacks jersey. Yeah, that, that's well, yeah. that's as strong as you get, isn't mm. it? Without someone confirming that they they want to go, um, you know, saying that they won't play for another NRL team, they'll play with the Roosters. But if he goes to Rugby Union, it'll be long term, and the lure of playing for the All Blacks or trying to be become a dual international, it's strong and it's strong for all those young Kiwi boys. So that's something that. Um, 
is a passion of theirs, it's a desire of theirs, and if they want to do it, there's no stopping them. Uh, just also, back page of the Herald, Renshaw Morris have selectors on the lookout. So uh, we've got a squad set to be announced, part for the Test Series, looming in New Zealand, and you know, just wondering whether there might... You know, Math- Renshaw's averaging 27 this Shield season, and uh, he was obviously the spare batter pick the other day. Uh, you, can't recently. Dro- you can't drop him if he hasn't played a game. I know He's got no runs in this last Shield game. For Queensland, he's missed out in both innings. I've I've seen that. Um, well, hasn't had a you can't you can't outstanding Red Bull summer. Yeah, but what's the difference between now and when they selected him? Well, it was just such a contentious that's position. Ex- so. That's exactly right. So you can't mm. you can't change that decision when you haven't given him a crack. If you haven't given him an opportunity, if he if he gets a couple of games and makes no runs, then you can make the change. But they've 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 made their bed. Renshaw has to go on that tour as a spare batsman. They can't. They can't change now. That would be. Uh, that would look very silly, in my opinion. If they, say they they go, oh no, we're going to take. Well, in the, unless they got reasons to support it, but I would imagine the other thing about Matt Renshaw as a spare batsman on tour, he can bat anywhere in the order, hmm. and and has done so. He could open the batting. He could bat at number four. He could bat at number six. So he offers. He offers that. Um, where Cameron Bancroft, as he has said, he's a he's he's a specialist opener. So I, I, I would imagine they will stick with. I, I think the selectors have shown that over a period of time as well. That um, whether you agree with their decision or not, um, they'll give that player every opportunity to to prove their selection right. By the way, Australia have drafted in Ben McDermott into their squad for the one day or against the West Indies today. He was mid-shield match when he was dragged out of that game to come into the Aussie squad. He got 146 not out, by the way, in the first innings for Queensland against Tasmania in that shield match. He's played six one-day internationals, 25 T20s for Australia, but hasn't been around the squad uh, for a couple of years now. So he comes in. Matt Short has a hamstring injury. So mm, Ben McField comes he? in. Matt Short in no. the second innings, he didn't feel. On Sunday night, mm. no, he didn't. So yeah. he comes in. And, you know, Lance Morris made his debut the other day, but all the focus is on Xavier Bartlett, who bowled very, oh, very well. What about his, was oh, his first, first wicket? First wicket. Yeah. What a peach. Oh. What a beauty. Just the, yeah. the ball you dream about, isn't top it? Top of Tonk, off. Swing, or, swing away, top yeah. of off. There's a beauty. So both those players expected to play in the third one day in Canberra today. Just uh, on the text line here, uh, in regard to our Roosters chat just before, Loz, who misses out in the Roosters' stacked back line? Tupo, Smith or Swali? It is certainly a stacked back line, but you're expecting them all to be fit, of course. Uh, you know, depends where they, depends. they want to play Joe Swali, whether they play him as a winger or a centre. Um, and that'll make it pretty easy, I think. Mm. Because if you go, if you think that Teddy and Dom Young are locks and Manu's a lock, if they want to play Swali in the centres, well, that rules out Billy Smith. But if you're thinking of Swali as a winger, it's probably Tupo. So it'll, it'll come down to where they where they think they're going to get the best out of Swali, hmm. whether they play him as a winger or centre, and we'll find that out in the in the trials, no doubt. Big match in the Premier League starting in about 40 minutes' time. Brentford at home with Tab $8 outsiders up against Manchester City, uh, who were $1.30 favourites. Of course, uh, the title race now very much on in earnest as we get 
into the second half of the season. The draw's paying $6 for this match to be played in West London this morning. Okay, we're going to have a look, continue our series, our NRL previews, club by club, heading towards the new season. And uh, this morning we're up with the Gold Coast Titans, the Titans coming off a season last year where they finished 14th, nine wins and 15 losses. And uh, their gains and losses, they've gained Kenan Palacia from Brisbane and Harley Smith-Shields from the Canberra Raiders. No significant losses of note. So a pretty settled squad they've got. As far as their betting is concerned with Tab, so for the Premiership, they're $34. They're $15 to make the grand final, $51 to win the minor Premiership, $5 to make the top four, $2.50 to make the top eight, $1.47 to miss the top eight. In the most losses market, they're on the sixth line of betting at $17. And we've got a market there, top Queensland team, uh, where they're third out of the four at $11 to be the top Queensland team with the Broncos $1.25, very short. North Queensland, $5.50. Okay, the Titans, I saw Tino, big Tino speaking on the news. And naturally, Des Hasler's the big in for them. Uh, the coach lost, but Big Tino says it's the best preseason he's had in his time at the club. Well, you'd like to think it is. Um, I think everyone at this time of the year and with the technology at everyone's disposal that their preseasons just get better and better. Uh, you mentioned Des, and that's a big key off-season se- off signing for the, the Titans. He just knows what it takes to be successful. Uh, one of the things that they were looking for was that harder edge and to raise the standards and challenge the players. And Des will certainly do that. He's had success at the Bulldogs. He had success at Manly. Um, so there's no reason to think that they won't uh, be able to achieve at the Titans. And I think they have underachieved uh, since their inception, the Titans. I think they've had some good rosters, but they just haven't been able to put it together. Um, I think they've got to get their balance right in getting their strike players on the field, which will give them more options and a lot more strike when they have the ball. Um, like Jaden Campbell, uh, by all reports, he's going to be their number one, and he brings that unpredictability to their team. Um, I think they've got a young bloke too, by the name of Keanu Kinney, uh, who they've got an enormous rap on. And um, he and Jaden Campbell, always something happens around them uh, when they've got the football in their hands. AJ Brimson, he's going to play in the centres. He brings that speed and strength. Uh, I was reading Kieran Foran saying he's adapted so well. He brings experience. He's a great talker. Um, and in space, he can create um, doubt in the opposition. Um, and then you've got Kieran Foran, obviously, with his experience and, and guidance. So they've got uh, speed at the back line with um, Carm Pereira as well and Phil Semi on the wings. Uh, they're forwards. They've got three forwards that are state of origin class. You know, you've got Dave Fafita, you've got Mo Fonawaka, and, of course, Big big Tino. So that's a fair forward pack to start with. You've got Sam Verrills, um, who's got good variety and great service out of dummy half. All those forwards have got a high work rate. You know, I think people criticise Dave Fafita at times, but I thought his year last year was was pretty good. Very good, actually. He's probably his best year in, in first grade, and he's got good strike on that edge. Um, and they've underachieved for too long. So I think Des going there will instill confidence in them. And belief, and I saw that with Tino's press conference yesterday, saying, "Why not? You know, why not us? We can. We've been underachievers. We 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 believe that we should be playing better football 
than than what we have done. They had nine wins last year. I, th- I think they're challenging for a top eight this year. So I, I'm thinking somewhere between, well, I think nine and 13 wins because I think 13 wins will possibly get you into the finals. And I, looking at it and looking at the squads, I think it's just going to be so tight. Mm. I, I think it's going to be a really tight year where a lot of teams are pushing each other for those final few positions in the top eight. Interrupted pre-season for David Fafida. He had surgery on a, I think it was a pec injury in December. Yeah. Uh, so they'll be hoping he's up and going for round one. But it's been that conundrum, Laws, hasn't it? The, the AJ Brimson, Jaden Campbell, how to fit them in. And it looks like Brimson's going to play in the Senate to try and accommodate that. Yeah, and I think that's a good move from Des uh, because you need your best players out there on the field. There's no point having a strike player on the bench and only using him for 20 minutes. You've got to get him on the field as much as you possibly can. And every time you saw young Campbell on the field last year, it, there's something good happens around him. And he's got that unpredictability about his game. Uh, Brimson, he's a strong runner um, and by all reports a, a, a good fella and he's someone that they all look up to in that squad. Uh, Kieran Foran, obviously with his guidance and experience, will be so important um, to this Titans outfit. But I, I like the Titans. I like the look at their forward pack. Um, Bo Furmore was in that mm. Queensland squad that was announced on the weekend, 34-man Queensland squad. So he's on their radar. So that will just give him plenty of confidence as well, uh, knowing that he's close to being selected for Queensland and can go back with plenty of confidence and become a leader in this Titans outfit. But they've been you know, a team that has promised a lot has failed to deliver, and I think I think this year they're in for a good year under Des. I hope for his own sake, really, that Sam Verrills can put a strong season together. Gee, he can find an injury. Well, he and, can. And an uncomfortable well, injury. Well, I think, touch retinas and all sorts of stuff. Well, I think that was part of the problem with the Titans last year. They just couldn't get their spine on the field. And they didn't know what their best spine, what their spine looked like, their, their best spine looked like. So I think if you can get Verrills on the field, you've got, Four and as a six, you've got Campbell as a one, and you give them time to work together, and young Tanner Boyd is the halfback. I, th- I think that's a lot to work with. Then you throw in the forwards, you throw in the strike out wide. Um, there's no reason why the Titans won't have a successful year. Got handed to Kieran four, and he's put together 20 or more games in the past three I seasons. I thought his body was shot. I thought his yeah. body was shot yeah. a couple of years ago. Well, and if you told me that he played 60 games in those three seasons, I would have said you're kidding. Hmm. Well, between... Well, in 2016, he played nine games, then 17, 12, 14, 14. And then when he went back to Manly, played 25, 24, and then 20 at the Titans last year. It's a pretty good effort, mm. that. So he turns 34 mm. this year. So if he can put 20-plus yes. together again, mm. that'll be an asset for that club. Oh, most definitely. And he and Dez obviously have their understanding yeah. over a long period of time. Yeah. So, so cusp of top eight lots. So we'll do our... Obviously, our top eight predictions just before the season starts. I reckon starts. they're on the cusp of the top eight. Okay. Yep. Cusp of top eight. Uh, Bondi Jack, I'm going to respond to you. Stop waffling. <laughs> Joey Manu, Eastern Suburbs, right centre, gets plenty of ball. Now, Bondi Jack, if you listen closely, I didn't say, because I said he had a high work rate, but what I said, they've got to get him more quality ball, Jack. So clean those ears out, Bondi Jack. <laughs> Just clean them out. Joey Manu is a wonderful player, and he does get plenty of ball. But what we need to see him do is get quality ball, because then he'll be a lot more devastating. 
in my opinion. Keep them coming. 0419767272. on the open line number. Now, what have we got coming up today, fellas? We've got uh, Sean Abbott's going to come on the program after his man of the match performance there the other night for Australia against the West Indies. And uh, he'll be looking towards the T20s now. He's certainly in that squad and uh, will be looking to impress with a World Cup on the horizon there in the Caribbean later this year. Adam Pengilly, of course, Jared Daffy. Uh, Bjorn Baker will check in on his stable ahead of the Autumn Racing Carnival. Brad Davidson uh, will get his take on the racing on the weekend. And as we look towards the English Millennium in Sydney this weekend, and Michael Zarafa after 8 o'clock this morning, Eastern Daylight Time. Of course, he is uh, ironically somewhat fighting, and he's fighting for a world title on the same card as his longtime rival, mm. Tim Zhu. He faces Eris Lundy Lara, who's had some big fights, and that's for his Lara's WBA middleweight belt. Sunday, March 31. Not far away. Uh, just the golf yesterday, the final round of the Pebble Beach Pro-Am was eventually cancelled due to the weather there in the Monterey Peninsula over in California. So the US Open champ, Wyndham Clark, he won after his third round of a 12-under 60. Uh, Jason Day ended up tied for sixth there. He was four shots back, the Aussie. Uh, just also, we mentioned the India beat England by 106 runs in the second test in their Tour of India. So that series is one all heading to the third test, which starts February 15. So a bit of a gap between the second and third test. Now, there's another test going on over in New Zealand at Mount Maunganui. And it's New Zealand and this weakened Proteus side who named six debutants as they keep a lot of their stars back home to play in their T20 competition to try and help bail the, the national body out of financial woe. Uh, so six debutants. One of those happens to be the captain, would you believe? Neil Brand, who's an opening batter who must bowl some part-time offspin because he took six for 119. Uh, but that was in New Zealand's 511 they posted in their first innings with this emerging batter, Rachin Ravindra, making 240 coming in at number four. And Kane Williamson, star, of course, at number three, made 118. They had a huge stand for the third wicket, uh, putting on more than 200. And in response, South Africa, a four for 80. And, uh, gee, uh, our man, Chicken Chow, his man, Cole Jemison, uh, back amongst the wickets there, two for 21. Where is the chicken? Don't know. We haven't spoken to him. Yeah. He might still be on vacay. Extended break. Man, what a life. Uh, yeah, this South African team's not great. You know? Um, Six debut. I mean, the, yeah, this what is... You, what, it's, what I mean, I know expect? we saw it with it's the Windies great. and they were competitive, but this is this is next level. Like when the captain, well, when the captain's a debutante. Yeah. Let's the see how many they make as well. If they get bowled out for 200, it's not going to be a great look. Um, but... Yeah, oh, it's a tough place, you know. I, I, I... Well, this is the one where the ICC and the oh, yeah. major just, cricketing bodies need to look cricket. at and go, this is this is unacceptable. Uh, at least the Windies had some guys, you know, that had yeah. some experience and obviously <laughs> proof was in the pudding because they beat us. 
but yeah. this. But you can understand why South Africa are making this choice as well. Ah, I hate it. I oh, know. I, I I hate it as well because Test yeah. cricket should be the pinnacle, and playing for your country should be the pinnacle. So, yeah. But it, until they get some help and support, financial support, I can understand why. And, and the other thing as well, I I think why I'm so passionate about it is because Graham Smith is running cricket South Africa. Hmm. Graham Smith loves Test cricket. It would hurt him as much as it hurts us sitting here seeing this. Like, he he would want South Africa in Test cricket more than any other format to be on top of the tree, to be competing with the best teams in the world. So, you know, it, it, that's the other thing that makes it harder, the fact that they've got someone in charge that I know does care about Test cricket. But he's also got to look after South African cricket. He, he doesn't want to see it fall over and... And go bust, really. So they're, they're making financial decisions based around what's best for their business. And that's sometimes, well, for, for Smitty, I'm sure it'd be hard to accept that this is one of the decisions that needed to be made. But I also think it might be that shout out to the ICC and, and Indian Cricket Board, Cricket Australia and the ECB, England Cricket Board, that... You know, these other countries need some help. Otherwise, they're going to have to make choices like this, which is going to ruin Test cricket. You can't blame South Africa. No way. Because they've got to support the game. No way. And if you look at – well, just look at this one-day series against West Indies. The Big Bash, I think, would have drawn bigger crowds. Oh, for sure. Than what the uh, one-day international did. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's the same over there in South Africa. That their domestic one day or T20 tournament will draw a lot more people well, they... and financially be a lot stronger than what them holding a yeah. T20 or a one day international against another nation. They, would be. they go to New Zealand. South Africa go to New Zealand to play in this test series. South African cricket make zero. Mm. They don't make a dollar. Yep. So by keeping their big fish to play in this 2020 tournament, crowds turn up, people watch on TV. Uh, even for TV rights, Cricket South Africa can go to, um, I'm not sure what the, India. I don't even know the TV company in South Africa, I can't think of Super it. Sport. Yeah, mm-hmm. they can go to Super Sport and say, hang on, all of our international players are playing, or our, our, our big fish are playing in the tournament, so okay, you, they'll pay more money for the rights. Do, do, do India show, um, like our big bash and yes. tournaments yeah. from around Star, the world pretty, over there? Uh, uh, they, they don't show every competition, but Star TV I think has got like... I don't know. They might have 10 sport channels. channels. So they're, they're looking for content every single day. So they'll show a lot of Australian cricket. The BBL is on over there, definitely. But they show a lot of, a lot of international cricket all around the world um, on, their, on their channels. Yeah, yep, for sure. Mark, good morning. Yeah, Joe, go, boys. How are we? Very well, mate. What have you got for yeah, us? Mate. It's been a while since I spoke to you about sports racing. And tomorrow, there's a horse... But I'm very interested in to find out some information. Hopefully, Dave, Dave Steele will be listening to this phone call. It's running at uh, Warwick Farm called Vino Land. Uh, say its name again. Sorry, Mark. You're sounding a bit distant. What's it called? Yeah, sorry. Vino Lass. V-I-N-O-L-A-S. Keith Dryden. And, Loz, while you're listening to your TAB app there, have a look at its last start. And what's the win? One by six lengths. It was always a benchmark 58. But the previous start in the class one, a beat a horse that's been going up in town and called Chief Conductor of Sarah Ryan's. Now, it says that you had a 12 month break, and first start back tomorrow. Mm. It's in the market at $3.20. It hasn't barrier trials. 
who spoke to Dave about 12 months ago about maybe taking it to Melbourne when she was a three-year-old filly. And here she pipes up tomorrow, first start, in the 72 benchmark. 72. Okay. So what's that, race four, is it? Race four, I think, mate. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Just watch, if you watch the replay, even if you don't, watch what I'm talking to you. No, I'll just put it on now while i got you. I'll put it on Sapphire Coast. Yeah, but I'll just yep. watch the last. I'll put partial this replay. Mark says, interestingly, this is nearly a year ago. No barriers, well, no. Nothing. Is it the horse yeah. on the fence? Yeah, coming for the Olivia Chambers ride. She comes on the, the cutaway. It gets cramped for, the, for a couple of strides. Then what's the last hundred meters? Okay, so yeah, no, sh- yeah, that's yeah, that's. So this horse is three from yeah. three. Zach Lloyd's in the saddle tomorrow. Uh, one on debut at Wagga in October 2022, and then one at Canberra in March last year, and then one at the Sapphire Coast. It, the 31st of March last year, hasn't been seen since. Well, she won well that race. And won that race by six lengths, as Mark mentions. <laughs> and tomorrow at race four at Warwick Farm is number five. And currently, as Mark says, in the market at $3.20 with Tycoon Jenny for the Waterhouse Bot Stable, the $3.10 favourite. All right, that's a good one to keep us informed about, Mark. We'll try no and get some more think- info. Thanks, mate. No, I appreciate it, mate. Thank you. So that's tomorrow at the farm. Interesting. She, she run well that race, mm. but I'm unsure of the quality she was running up against. But one, like a good horse. Are you Is your horse also nommed for the oar on Saturday? Yes, it is. I won't be running in the oar. Mm. I, did, I didn't know that. Well, it's, it's here at 100 to 1 with Tab. Yeah, Foxy no, Clear. No, I won't be running in the oil stakes, mate. Okay. Likely the car line. Yes. Cheap no, route. definitely. Definitely running that. Okay, right. Def, definitely. Okay, there you go. Uh, 13.53.53 is the number. Uh, just the Knights, Lozza. Uh, and obviously, we'll, you know, we'll do, we're doing club by club as far as our previews are concerned. But, mm. gee, there's a Decent halves battle going to be going on there because Jack Cog has gone to the club. And when you think Tyson Gamble, Jackson Hastings, but Cogger goes there now at 26 years of age, coming off, you know, time at Penrith. He's got credits in the bank for his performance in the grand final when he came on for Luai and performed very capably. Goes back to the club where he made his debut back in 2016. And Gamble and Hastings obviously had a great back end of the season mm. there at the Knights last year, but Cogger. He'll be definitely in contention for a starting spot there in the halves come round one at the Knights. For me, they're one of the more intriguing teams next year, Newcastle, because the start of the year was they, – they competed hard at the start of last year, but they weren't getting their victories. And then all of a sudden it clicked when Kalen came back from that head knock. Can Kalen reproduce the scintillating form that he showed? Can Gamble be as consistent as he was – Last year, they get young Braley back, which will help through the middle. But I thought Phoenix Crossham was outstanding mm. for them as a nine last year, a, a makeshift uh, nine. Um, and how much confidence they took out of that run towards the back end of the year. So they're a big watch for me, Newcastle. Then you look at their halves. Uh, they've got a bit of depth there. Uh, Jack Cogger, the improvement that he will take out of being a part of that grand final winning team. Um, yeah, I think going back to Newcastle, he'd be expecting to be a part of the 13, not not just the 17, given that he was part of a grand final winning team 
and coming off the bench. Um, but he had the luxury of playing with Nathan Cleary too. Um, so that would certainly help any young half develop and understand what it takes to become a great player. Um, so that's invaluable, the fact that he got to work with him last year. Um, but, yeah, they're a watch for me, Newcastle. I- I'm unsure where, whether to have them sort of winning more games or less games because I, I can't trust them yet. Mm. I haven't seen enough of them to go, yep, they're on the <clears throat> excuse me, they're on the rise. But I think if they get out of the blocks well and and start the season well, and Kalen starts to reproduce what he did last year, then anything's possible for them. See, they're going to miss Dom Young. Well, he scored so many tries and tries that no one else could score. Mm. So they've got to find someone that can can score those type of tries. Marzu was play, very good. For yeah, them. but they play good football. But Marzu's a different type of player. Mm. Ten metres out, he'll score and back into the field. Um, he carries the ball really strongly. Um, but he, I don't know whether he can run the length of the field like Dom Young, you know, and get himself in the ear and uh, get himself in the air and sort of outstretch his body and be in impossible positions and just get the ball down. They're freaky players, guys that can do that. There's mm. not many of them. His body all over the sideline, but in the air. Yeah. yeah, he's an athlete. Uh, just on our Titans preview from before, Josh from Burley says, G'day team, Titans fan here. I think we are a genuine top eight team. If we keep 95% of our squad throughout the year, Tino injury free through origin as well. I think a lot of clubs could say that though. Yeah. You stay 95% injury free. It's just yeah. realistically, it just doesn't happen or... At least if it happens, then, yeah, you will probably yeah. play finals. Yeah, well, the, the, what I look at this year is, is the squads. And just in my head, I see the teams that struggled last year, surely they're going to win more games. Surely they just – you can't go another season, the Tigers, with only winning four. Oh, you can. Well, <laughs> I, I hope you're right. You know, Dragons, <laughs> I don't know how many they have. Five. Five. Like, but someone has to. Someone has to come last, Lost. Yeah, but uh, yeah, th- no, someone will come last. Mm. But I think that their squad... It won't squads, be the Tigers Because the I think it'll be more condensed this year. But that was so I think people can beat day. each other. Who Who is going to... If it's not the Tigers or the Dragons, who is going to come last, in your opinion? Who's winning that wooden spoon? Jeez, oh, I haven't sat down and mm. done my top eight or wooden spoon. I don't like doing a wooden spoon. Yeah. I think it's <laughs> for disrespectful. For good reason. Well, yeah. it's, it's hard. Yeah. But... Yeah. Um, I, I just think it'll be a more condensed comp. And I reckon, again, I think 13 wins... Makes the eight. Make the eight. Yeah, okay. But it could be 12 this year. You might only need to win 12. Less than half your games to make the top eight. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I can just see teams taking points off each other. I mm-hmm. see, you know, the teams that missed out last year, Parramatta, Souths, Cowboys. I, th- those three, Titans... Manly. I, I think Man, all five so of those close, teams yeah. are better this year than what they were than what they year. are last year. But to get in the eight, someone's got, someone's teams got to drop out. out so someone's they? got to lose more games yeah. than what they did last year, but yeah. they still might be there. So I just think that 12 wins possibly may get you into the finals this year, yeah, which okay. is less than half your game. Just on the Knights, uh, Crossy on the text line says, Lads, Crossland must stay at nine. Young is a massive loss. Top eight again and continued to build. And Jack points out 
the Knights have a potential superstar in David Armstrong, who is a fullback, but will be fighting out for a spot on the wing. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on David Armstrong. Got some good players at Newcastle Knights. And they've got some good kids coming through. My nephew has coached their SG Ball. He coached them last year. To the, they made the final against Parramatta, got beaten in the final. He coached them, he's coaching them again this weekend, and they, he, he, he reckons they've, they've got some really mm. good young kids. They had a good victory over the Raiders again on the weekend, round one of the comp. But the kids that he had last year, he reckons, are unbelievable, and he thinks the group that he's got this year is pretty good too. And they've got those big English recruits yes. as well. Don't I don't they? know much about them. Mm. Uh, Paul at Tugra. Guys, I have the Knights eighth this year. Titans 7th, Cowboys ninth. Uh, Tigers to get around 10th in my spoon. Eels or Dragons, wow. says Paul at Tugra. Eels. Lights, Knights have lost more than they gained. Young and Fitzgibbon were two of their best last year. They will be too dependent on KP. Caelan Ponga going on another run and Crossland backing up his form. Surely they can't start Brayley over Crossland going on last year's form. Uh, I'll tell no you name what, to that one. who I did see on the weekend. I saw Gutho on the weekend. And King I Gutho. just saw him and I had a quick chat to him. He had a split over the eye. So obviously I inquired. They'll start. What was he doing? You know, had he been out to the Stain Hotel or something like that? <laughs> and no, no, no. But the scrimmage session at Parramatta, they're taking them very seriously. A bit rough seriously. and tumble, so was it? A bit rough and tumble. Mm. So he cop one. So he's got a few stitches, old Gutho. Not good for the looks, is it? No. I'll tell you what he is, Gutho. Happily married. He's bigger Doesn't than what now. I thought. Yeah. Taller or thicker. Oh, mate, just yeah. Both. Yeah, but I think he's got both. bigger over the years. Gutho, I remember Gutho when he first started. He, was, <laughs> yeah. he reminded me of Hodjo. Remember Hodjo at the Tigers yeah, played yeah, fullback? Yeah. He was whatha thin. Yeah. Remember Gordy chucked him yeah, from yeah, yeah. 50 metres? Yeah. That's how I pictured well, Gutho I must have when been he first thick, started. Because I'd seen Gutho for a while. Yeah. And then when I ran into him on the weekend, I sort of was quite surprised about the size of him. Yeah. yeah, like he's tall, but mm. also he's thicker than what I thought. <laughs> so, yeah, but the scrimmage sessions at Parramatta, which I like to see. Mm. Yeah, you know, bit of blood. Bit of, you know, <laughs> hitting hard. Oh, yeah, says I'm the bloke who rocked up to go. his first training session with the Raiders <laughs> yeah. with Dunlop Follies. Yeah. 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 Good ready sign. to rumble. Good sign, boys. Adam Gilly, good morning. How are you? Morning, Meadow. Morning, boys. What did you make of the Imperatrice trial yesterday? Flat, Meadow. Yeah. Very flat. Um, it's a weird one, wasn't it? I was going to say I thought she was a little bit underwhelming, to be fair. Um you could see that Michael D, the jockey, was sort of niggling her a little bit down the straight, and she wasn't really picking up or gaining any ground on the horses who won that jump out or, or trial there yesterday. So, oh, listen, it's probably too early to read too much into it, I would have thought. She'll be getting ready for the Lightning Stakes in a in a couple of weeks' time. But, you know, a lot of trainers will tell you, Mido, mares, you've either got them or you don't. And I just wonder if this is maybe the first little sign that maybe she hasn't come back this preparation as good as what she was last spring. And, and admittedly, she was super last spring winning all those group ones down there in Melbourne. So, yeah, I suppose time will tell. But um, and I, I read that Stable said there was a really hot day down in Melbourne on Sunday. Obviously, it got to about 40 degrees, and that might have taken a bit out of her for a trial yesterday morning. But I just would personally like to see her trial just a little bit better. Is she usually a good trialer? Yeah, she's usually pretty good, yes. Loz. Uh, she doesn't usually trial like that underwhelming or that flat, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, I'm not quite sure 
what was the go there yesterday, but no doubt the maybe the betting market will tell us a lot more heading towards the Lightning Stakes. If she um, if she gets the blows or is a little bit soft in betting, then maybe there's some word from the stable that she's not going as well as what she has at home in, in previous preparations. But yeah, certainly just a, a tiny little alarm bell ringing in my head yesterday when I watched that trial. Speedy filly, Lady of Camelot. So Waterhouse spot the stable, going to send her south for the Blue Diamond, are they? Well, they've got to split them up, me though, don't they? Like they've got that many good two-year-olds at the moment. Like they can't. Obviously, they want to be all probably gang tackling the Golden Slipper, but they've got to try and pick up as many Group Ones or as many stakes races as they possibly can throughout the Autumn Carnival. So, the plan at this stage is Lady Camelot, who was so good winning at Rose Hill on the weekend, to head south to the Blue Diamond, and just on Gay and Adrian's two-year-old artillery, we saw a couple of really nice trials there yesterday from Espionage and. Shangri-La Express, who both won their respective heats. So they're back in, in what looks like pretty good form heading towards the, the big two-year-old races in the autumn. And it's just an embarrassment of riches at the moment. What's the latest with Kieran Maher and this premiership saga? Oh, common sense. Thank God, Mido. We've got sense. some common sense. Racing <laughs> Victoria have announced uh, laws that they are going to overturn their initial decision. They will let Kieran Maher keep his wins. He's accrued with David Eustace in partnership this season to count towards the premiership later this year. I, I couldn't believe it. And we chatted about it last week when they said they were going to make him start on zero again. It was just crazy. But thankfully, they've had a bit of a rethink. And um, common sense is not very common sometimes, Mido. But in this case, finally, they got to the right right conclusion. And I don't think there's going to be any change up here in New South Wales. They were never going to make any, any stipulation. They had to go back to zero and start again. So hopefully those records can be kept I suppose, in unison across both New South Wales and Victoria. And I'm sure he'll win that Melbourne Trainers Premiership by the end of the season. And I read in the Herald Sun today that it uh, looks like Gillan McLaughlin is set to be the next chairman of Racing Victoria. Yeah, there's been whispers about this, Mido, to be fair, for a few months now. Um, obviously, since he's left his post as the AFL chief executive. <laughs> it's going to be fascinating. He's going to pass the popcorn <laughs> stuff, isn't it, really? When you see Gillan McLaughlin take over as Racing Victoria chair. We've got Peter Bellini's up here as Racing New South Wales chief executive. They've butted heads a fair bit over NRL and AFL. Now they look like they're going to do it in racing. So um, can you imagine if they come together? Do you reckon they have a meeting? What's it going to be like? Where would they meet? How would it, how would it be? I've got no idea. But anyway, it'll be uh, fascinating stuff if Gillen does get that role as the Racing Victoria chair. We were asking about Giggy Kick yesterday and we were unsure of where he was at. Uh, what's the latest with him? Yeah, he had a really important scan yesterday, Loz. Um, Clayton Douglas, his trainer, has, has sort of come out and said, listen, the scan's confirmed he's on the road to recovery, but he did have a, quite a, a deep injury in his gluteal muscle. At this stage, probably unlikely he'll race again this season, which is a real blow to Australian racing. Maybe he could potentially sneak in a, a little bit of a campaign up there in, in Brisbane. We know he's won the Doombin 10,000 in the past, but... It's looking increasingly likely we won't see him at all throughout the Sydney Autumn Carnival. Maybe a run in Brisbane, but they'll give him a nice long break and, and try and get him ready for the Spring Carnival and potentially heading towards the Everest. And, and given he's a gelding, like, they want longevity out of him, don't they? They don't want to rush him back and, and force him back to the race and then he re-injures it or does something again because he could be racing for another three, four, five seasons if he if he maintains his form and his health. So I think they'll be very much treading on the on the cautious side, hopefully getting back to the races later this year and um, getting back to back and firing in his best form. We previewed the Titans season earlier this morning. How do you see them going, Adam? I can't see them playing finals, Mido. Like I, I, like I know Des will have an impact up there and he'll get, he'll get some sort of reaction. Um, I know their squad, you look at it, and it looks like they've got a, bit, a little bit of depth across all different positions, but do they have enough class in the back line to... To get them to a finals, I think they're probably a team that's going to fit in that sort of around 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th mark, maybe 14th, something around there. 
Um, I, I could see them winning maybe nine or ten games. I find it hard to see them winning 12 or 13 to get in the final. I know Loz thinks they're, they're an outside chance of making it. I'm probably saying they're definitely going to finish in the, outside the top eight in the bottom nine this season. Thank you, mate. Have a great day. See you, boys.